Wendell Vaughn, the first Earthman ever appointed protector of the universe, bonded to the energy-transforming quantum bands that are both weapons and symbols of his station. He fights an ongoing battle to defend all life in the universe from cosmic evil. Stanley presents Quasar. Greetings and welcome to the Quantum Cast, your source for all things dealing with the Kevin Bacon of the Marvel Universe. That is right, Wendell Vaughn himself, Quasar. I'm one of your hosts, Gene Hendricks, and with me, as always, is my very good friend, Mr. Adam Worth. How are you today, sir? Boy, oh boy, you guys are in for a real stinker tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This comic sucks. I forget how bad this one sucked. Well, it's lucky number 13, so what do you expect? I, I expect more is what I expect. <laughs> and the uh, the other jovial voice you heard, it belongs to Mr. Sean Ross of the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Welcome aboard, Sean. Thanks for having me, man. It'll, it will be really fun to be on a, a podcast that talks about a comic worth the paper it's printed on. Though, though apparently Adam doesn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, yes, this one is not not worth the paper that it's printed on. And secondly, I like to see that we're getting a higher caliber of guests. Of course, the last guest we had on was Tom Stanley from the Negative One podcast. So that's a very low bar that you had to get over. But at least we had a little bit of an increase, an, an uptick in our popularity, as it were. Yeah, I think I barely cleared the bar, man. I, I think <laughs> I think I'm just one step above. So, so yeah, that's good. At least you're you're on a good trend, though. Well, hey, let's take the compliment and run with it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I will take it, man. I, I I'm a teacher, so that's about the nicest thing that'll be said to me all year. <laughs> no, you're never supposed to say your real name or what you actually do for a living. You just broke the first rule. Well, in teachers code for sex workers, so I'm okay. okay. I'm a- <laughs> All right, I understand. I understand. You have to teach those uh, white collar uh, young boys and girls uh, the um, uh, the way the birds and the bees. That'd be funny if I said that right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the level of editing on the show, so you don't get a second take. <laughs> All right, as mentioned, we are covering Quasar issue number thirteen, and on the cover of that one. Uh, we have Quasar standing in front of Captain Marvell's gravestone while the ghostly faces of the Squadron Supreme hang in the space behind him. The, Ooh. the banner on the top reads, Journey into Mystery, Part 1. Uh, subtitle, Thor wants his comic back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and below we have, guest starring, Squadron Supreme. Uh, what do we think of this cover, guys? It's Jim Lee. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and it's early Jim Lee. So that's yeah. nice. I, I It kind of cracks me up because I when you guys gave me the choice of issues, you know, I, I grabbed this one, to be honest with you, because of the cover. I was like, oh, OK, I remember this little run. This is like the Jim Lee covers. We get a Mike Mignola cover up in, the, you know, in, in the series. That's pretty good. And I as I'm reading the issue, I'm like, why? the hell is there a Jim Lee cover on this comic? And then I remembered Mark Runewald wrote it and Mark Runewald was like second in command in Marvel at the time. So I'm pretty sure he just, he grabbed Lee and was like, yeah, you're drawing the cover cover for this comic. Like it's, you know, we're, we're putting some wrapping paper on this turd and we're going to put it out. <laughs> we need a cover. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But my, it's nicely drawn. Yeah, it, it is. It's, I, I just have an issue with the size of the quantum bands on Quasar there. I mean, it's, 
they're wristbands. They're not forearm bands, you know? Yeah. Actually, in the new iteration of Quasar, in the new comics, uh, they're almost like, they're not gauntlets. Like, whatever a gauntlet would be, but if it starts at your wrist and goes up your forearm, mm. yeah, like bracers. I guess they're bracers, and they look really cool. They did a good job with them. They need to be like highlight, like, you know, ball throwers or something. Like the, 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 <laughs> nice. that, that would have been awesome, man. If he was like a quantum highlight player, like that would have been okay. Which is kind of what Lee's going for here. <laughs> it does look that way, yeah. He's also as as buff as you'll ever see him. Yeah, yeah, but at least he's got him brooding. I mean, you you like can literally hear him thinking, why, Eon, why? Like, it's pretty, why, you know. Why doesn't anyone like me? <laughs> right, and you know what? I do like him a little bit beefier. I know I really just shouldn't have said that on, on, on audio tape, but I like him a little bit beefier here than the twink that they turn him into a couple episodes from now. Yeah, Greg Capullo comes on, and I, I like like I love Greg Capullo's art. And actually, I liked Greg Capullo on this book. It, it got me to collect it more regularly when I was younger. But he definitely um, the the word feathered comes to mind when I think yes. of this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's his place yeah. like, like it is. He he he's not quite Leif Garrett, but there's a there's a Leif quality going on there. <laughs> there's a whole lot of volume to that hair yes. and that spry spry three uh, percent body fat body. Yeah. Still, I, I prefer the, the poofy hair to the mullet he gets towards the end of the series. True. It's a nice mullet, though. Uh, yeah. As, as far as go, mullets yeah. go. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, this issue is covered in August 1990. The original on-sale date was June 12th, 1990, and thank you to Mike's Amazing World of Comics for that. The story is by Mark Gruenwald, pencils by Mike Manley, inks by Dan... Panosian, letters by Janice Chiang, colors by Paul Becton, your editor was Howard Mackey, and Tom DeFalco was the chief. So, on the inside, we open up to the scene from the cover, minus the faces, of course, and the title reads, reads The Earth You Have Reached Ellipse, which means people don't care, apparently. <laughs> oh, God, you tell them about that, because I had to, I just had to, ba- we have, okay, so... Uh, Sean, I, I, I don't, you don't know this. Uh, we have a messenger group called the Bad Advice Bunch, and it's a bunch of people that uh, many of the the co-hosts or guests that I've had on the Bad Advice Show, where we share inappropriate means for the means inappropriate memes that we wouldn't dare share in a general public forum. And there was an entire discussion about how uh, this new millennial generation will become offended at punctuation and and gene correct me if i got this wrong like if you put a period at the end of a sentence when you're trying to talk to somebody or text somebody um that is now being viewed as aggressive and inappropriate did i read that correctly yes it's uh because you're being abrupt with them and you're you're just ending the sentence and that that is seen (laughs) as hostile apparently there are articles on this crap I, i i mean I, I guess, like, is I if you're triggered by punctuation, like, what like, did the Schoolhouse Rock beat you up as a kid? Like, what the hell? Like, what would possibly prompt? There, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is it? Toxic? We didn't land on Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse <laughs> Rock landed on us. <laughs> oh my God! They were frightened by Victor Borgia as a child. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't 
follow what I'm supposed to be offended by next. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to adopt the offended by everything. So yeah, so if I have to add punctuation to that, that's fine. I mean, the toxic granulicity, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. But I guess I can add it to the list of things that are, are should piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> moving no, 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 on. No, 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 Don't <laughs> fucking move on. I'm in the middle of a topic here. You were on the same discussion thread I was yes. on. Did, did you? I had to bow out. Like, I, I mean, I could look it up and reread it while we're on the air. But do you remember specifically what they were talking about? Like, like how? Uh, all right. Well, fuck it. I'm going to just go through it because well, why not? The, the period was harsh because you were suddenly ending a sentence. An ellipse is considered to be, well, you just don't care. It's apathetic. Yeah, that's exactly what I would just say. Either of the grammatical inaccurate. Um uh, uh this is this is a good sound for radio uh, um wired the washington post the harvard crimson the brigham brighton journal npr's all things because here's and cbc uh, cbc all have articles declaring this that the ellipse is like saying you don't care like uh and then a period is aggressive the period is considered aggressive and or angry and i don't get it i don't get it and and to sean's point I have given up on trying to be politically correct or whatever it is, like because I just I I can't win, I can't win. Wait, so whoa, I whoa, specific- whoa. hang on, hang on. I've known you for forty years, and <laughs> when have you ever been politically correct? <laughs> I yeah, all right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But, what I'm saying is I I am leaning into it. Okay, I'm you're, leaning you're, into you're, it. You're like, embracing the incorrectness I'm, of your nature. I'm embracing my inner incorrectness in that like. You know what? It's so ridiculous at this part. And you know what? I'm just going to use the word because I was on another show and I used this word and I was verbally. Um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I used the word and I was denounced for it. I was I was um, you were I, censored. I was I was not just censored, but I was decried wow. at my insensitivity. It's retarded. It's retarded. It is just ridiculous and there's no way to win and the only it's it's like war games like it's the the only way to win is not to play because it just everything that happens someone's got a problem with it and then some other group has a problem with that and then there's no end in sight so my question is how the hell are we supposed to end a sentence like what is we don't have we don't have the period you don't get an ellipses. Is it like just is it just a string of semicolons? Is it just one <laughs> sentence married to another? Just like stream of consciousness. End of time. Yeah. Or are we removing punctuation completely and we're all fucking Jack Kerouac from here on out? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand where we're supposed to go. And you know what? Actually, you've given me some some new momentum because I'm going to go on Twitter after we record this and I'm just going to put an ellipses on and I don't want to tell the world to fuck off. Like, that's all. I think. So, so basically, if I just put dot, dot, dot effectively i'm telling off the entire world right it's like a dog whistle for the people who so okay good there you go i get it like you're just calling all those social justice warriors to to arms that that dot 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 is essentially you walking out onto the french ports with a viking horn (laughs) i think you should write fuck you dot 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 so there's no mistaking what it is (laughs) and then you know exactly who to block when when you get the responses for it now, the other thing you could do is if we're not allowed to use periods or ellipses, maybe it's like whenever you talk to a millennial these days where everything's a question and you end your sentence with an uh, uptone inflection. 
So you sound like a valley girl. Gotcha. (laughs) Well, that's the next generation of that because these things come in cycles. I'm just, I'm, 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 I am perplexed. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. First of all, I didn't know grammar was political. And it's interesting that the period, like, it cracks me up. It means, like, the period's too abrupt to stop. That's its job. Like, it stops. That's what it does. That's its purpose in life. I mean, up next, are we going to be like, stop signs are too judgy. Like, they're telling me to, they're telling me to, you know, decelerate. And they're so red. Like, I don't, I I don't get it. Red is aggressive. (laughs) I just don't. Hang on. Charles, you you didn't know that? Punctuation can be political. Two words for you. Oxford comma. Oh, yeah, that's true. Have you seen that crap? I'm also seeing a correlation between period and cycles. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying they should all just try all and be done with it. I'm just saying every month we have about a week where everyone gets all pissy for a little bit. And then it seems to die down. Hmm. And then next month, it's worth looking into. Uh, do you ever do you ever feel like you're in a Monty Python sketch that got cut right before like right before the show filmed? Like I just I, I feel like we're just we're just I feel it. like I feel like my life my <laughs> life is a cross between a Monty Python sketch that has been cut and a Muppets sketch that has been cut. <laughs> if you can combine those two things, so what you're saying you're just waiting for the explosion to happen. <laughs> just waiting yeah, for the giant foot to come down. <laughs> that's foot insensitive, man. That's that's you're yeah. not that that was that was yeah. yeah you weren't why, taking why into account that. Why can't be a foot? Why can't be a hand? <laughs> you're toast, and I'm out. I'm, I'm hanging up, hanging up, man. <laughs> well, I I have read the To Te Te Ching. <laughs> oh God, I'm stuttering like crazy tonight. That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, you're not allowed to use periods. How the hell else are you supposed to talk? <laughs> that's how I end a thought in a sentence. I stutter. Apparently, that's the only acceptable way, man. <laughs> okay. Are we supposed to be talking about something tonight? Is it like, do we have a topic? I wanted to get back on topic, but no, you were in the middle of a rant. Oh, well, when am I not? Good point. Anyway. I, I just want to mention that these starscapes that Jim Lee does are particularly delightful to look at i think that if i could say one nice thing about this comic one nice thing about this specific uh, individual issue is the starscapes are particularly delightful uh is that just on the cover because mike manley does the interiors and we killed it okay (laughs) now i feel bad anyway Quasar is visiting Marvell's grave to place flowers and generally get down on himself. What else is new? Yeah. Hey, did you guys ever read The Death of Captain Marvel? That was like the first true graphic novel that was released. I think it was either that or the Silver Surfers Enslavers series. Um, have either of you read that particular book? I, oh, yeah. I have not. I own it, but I have not read it yet. What? I know. It's It's good. It's really good. Actually, that was my introduction to the Starlin verse. Like, that's actually around when I started collecting. So I came in on Captain Marvel and Thanos right when they died, <laughs> which is, is a metaphor for my life. But I, <laughs> I, I, it was a really powerful story. And then, and then actually, not too long after, Roger Stern, you know, created Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. And I love that character. Mm. So she's always kind of fixed in my mind as Captain Marvel. But I didn't, yeah, I had a real emotional attachment to his memory. And I'm glad, actually, that they've never brought him back. 
because I think he was way more interesting in death than he ever was in life. Yeah, well, Mar- correct. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I tend to agree with that because he was he was simply created to grab the name, and then you know, luckily Jim Starling got a hold of him to do something with him. But then, yeah, you're right. He's he's dead, and like Uncle Ben, he will stay dead. We hope. I do like the moment though when Quasar's he's at his grave and he's looking down and he's think he literally thinks, Man, would my life be a lot easier if you hadn't gotten cancer, Marvel. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh my god. Like I look, I'm a, I'm a fan of the character, I'm a fan of the series. But I was like, you like did you are are you sure they're not quantum douche bands? Because I can't I cannot fathom that you just looked at somebody's grave and you're like, lucky lymphoma. Like, I can't even get over the fact that he's 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 telling Marvel that he's luck. Basically, man, you screwed up my life when you got cancer. I just like it's a hard it's a hard beat to start on. I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to to, to like Wendell in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that that's basically right where he was at the end of last issue, too. You know, and it's the. Last issue in this one, it's like he is he is in as low as low can get, and it's it's all teenage angst. It's mm-hmm. all woe is me. I my life is the worst ever. No one you know knows what what's going on in my head. Everyone's staring at me, judging me, even though they I walked into the classroom and no one even knew it was me. Yes, I heard that anecdote from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very much yeah mar yeah yeah marvell i know that you had the cancer and you died but i've got the sads <laughs> and he's dep- i mean like what he's, he's depressed about the dumbest stuff he's like i only got to hire one hot chick without qualifications at my <laughs> job you know, my, the, the giant just... sea potato in my closet doesn't like me like i don't like what is he bitching about like, I don't understand. He's going to go on Facebook and, you know, hashtag, uh, I want to say hashtag me too, but that would be terrible. I shouldn't say that. It's, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, uh, another rough day for me. Ho-hum, frowny face. He's going to do some vague booking after this. Yeah. He's not even on Facebook, man. He's got a live journal still. Like, he's he's <laughs> reaching back to the start of the millennium, and he's got, like, a picture of a rose and a poem he wrote where like it's like an acrostic like every word is e o n e o like every line starts with e o n like i just yeah he's he's really hard to like at the start of this issue and i like this series i remember being really fond of it and as i read the the first couple pages i was like why did i like this guy like what <laughs> are you describing Sean Strain one of my uh, panelists with his fucking poems and his social justice warrior <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Quasar's self-loathing is interrupted by an alert from the energy lattice he placed around the Earth uh, last issue, and it's signaling him that a ship has approached our planet. So Quasar quantum jumps back home as the ship crash lands, since its occupants can't seem to contact their invisible city. Quasar lands just as the X Squadron Supreme exit the ship. 
Oh, and on the other page, we have an ad here for, hey, now you can have Nickelodeon anywhere. <laughs> so, like, Nickelodeon, remember, remember when fucking, like, okay, this was this was pretty much at the beginning or the, at the, the beginning middle of cable. And Nickelodeon was only on for a few hours, like, during the daytime. And then it went off the air. And so now if you clip this out and send it in, you can get like a Nickelodeon sticker book. I don't I don't know if you did that, Gene. It, it feels like something you would have done. No, I, I did not because you know why? I would have had to cut up my comic book. Oh. And that is taboo. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys where you had cable, but if you unplugged the cable box uh, a few minutes before Nickelodeon went off the air and then you waited like 15, 20 minutes and then re-plugged it in, uh, you would get the Playboy channel because the Playboy channel was on the same channel that Nickelodeon was on. We, I mean, I remember we had the cable box that went like zero to 99, like physically, and you had to like move the little piece to get. Right. And if you went, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you went to 99 quickly back to zero and then back to 99, you would get a really nice scramble porn. Like you would get like <laughs> whatever channel it was with the like, you know, vertical hold all screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, to this day, like I, I'm weirdly attracted to women in tornadoes because of that like weird <laughs> scramble death <myth. laughs> Like it's a, it, it's, a, it's a weird turn on for me because I grew up on scramble porn like i can't see speaking of kids these days like they have no idea how lucky they are to have full access to the depravity of the world and <laughs> we could only see it we could only see it in corners exactly oh my god and speaking of having like weird fetishes i will i will <laughs> you know since this is kind of like therapy this show i want to say because i grew up in new jersey around the horrible horrible women that occupy and live in this state <laughs> I have this weird thing where I find that black leggings and Ugg boots is attractive. I know it's not. I know that the women that wear them are horrible human mm-hmm. beings. But for some reason, I find that attractive because that's all that was around me growing up. <laughs> I, 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 I like to think that the women of New Jersey are just pushing the definition of what could be a yoga pant. Because I, I have seen some, some material stretched within an inch of its life when I visited and it's uh yeah, it's a look. It's, it's definitely not, something it's, they're working it's, at. You know, it's a bold move. <laughs> they're not afraid of a look. No, not at all. No, it's, if your hair is anything less than six inches high, they, they just shun you. Oh my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous here. Fucking hate this. How is Nevada? That's where you're, you're from. Arizona. Arizona. I'm, Phoenix, I, Arizona. I, I, that's yeah. all the same fucking place. It's all the same place. Yeah, no, I get it. Is, is it like that there? I guess it's too hot for leggings there. Yeah, it was too hot for anything here. I mean, <laughs> like, like it's it's really ridiculous. But no, we get, we, yeah, we get a lot of, we get the opposite, actually. We get as, as little clothing as possible uh, on every person and every body style and every type of person. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's the other end of that spectrum. Hey. Equally as troubling, but the other end of that spectrum. Were we going to talk about Quasar? Is that, is that... Well, on that on that note, we have a bunch of people in a lot of weird clothing coming out of the ship. Um, and among those is Hyperion, who is the leader. And he and Quasar are trying to have a conversation about what's going on when the wizard goes off half-cocked and attacks Quasar. And you know, it's I know that you know, it's based on... A, 
a character from the Invaders and everything, but when your name's the Wizard, choose some other color for your costume than yeah. yellow. Then P yellow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I when he rushes Quasar and and Hyperion yells, Wizard, wait, don't, I thought for sure that sentence was going to finish, don't mark your territory. Like I thought he, was, <laughs> he landed on a new planet, and he was just going to start whizzing everywhere, and I was like, and Wendell, you're first, because yeah, it, you would be. <laughs> But did you know the wizard? You know how the wizard got his powers? This is actually not even a joke. Like, in continuity, do you know how he got his powers? Uh, radioactive cheetah blood. No, radioactive mongoose blood. Mongoose blood, Ex- blood. yep. Mongoose <laughs> blood, yeah. It is It is the greatest superhero origin of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually Ricky Ticky Tabby. Gotcha. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so now we have our typical hero versus hero fight, and even Dr. Spectrum, who is... A red version of Green Lantern. Now, that's not a Red Lantern. He's a red version of Green Lantern. (laughs) Joins in. Uh, So he creates a red axe to try and pierce Quasar's quantum bubble. And then uh, a whole bunch of swords piercing him like uh, in Alibaba Bunny with, uh, with the magician going into the basket. Because everything in my mind goes back to Looney Tunes at some point or another. And eventually the squadron realizes, wait, this isn't our Earth. So the fight ends. We don't see who yeah. actually win. I mean, this is as one-dimensional as you can get, yeah. where, like, two superheroes meet each other, and then they have to fight. And now they're buddies. Yeah. And it's not like this was a quiet fight. Like, Dr. Spectrum, I mean, you, you joke, but it was a good visual. Dr. Spectrum, you know, Quasar's in his typical yellow, you know, energy IUD, and and Dr. Spectrum is piercing it with swords, but he's trying to kill him. Like, he is straight up trying to kill him, and then the wizard jumps on it and is, like, trying to slam the swords in even further. So even if, you know, Hyperion or, or you know, Diet Coke Zantana, Zatanna, whatever her name is, <laughs> even if they yell stop – like I'm gonna be like, no, I'm not gonna stop, dude, because you just tried to kill me. Like it's, I don't know, it's Wendell's a little quick to to forgive. Well, right, I, the, the look on his face doesn't say a whole lot of forgiveness. He's just he's just floating there with his hands on his his belt. It was like, oh, now you want my help, huh? Okay. <laughs> right. I, I I just okay. So like, if he's really trying to kill him, why doesn't he just make the swords longer? Yeah, it's a weird question. It, it, he there, he could have done a lot more. I, it, it's more like he and then and then later on he's like, "Hey, uh, sorry about the swords, dude. I just been cooped up in that ship for a while." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I get it. It's after a road trip, I like to kill a drifter. Like I don't like. <laughs> I, it's it's like no, that's not okay, dude. Like you like your too? crazy violent outburst isn't okay. <laughs> yeah, you have to pelt them with blueberries though. <laughs> uh, another in joke. Anyway. So after all this, uh, Quasar, Gene, Quasar. We're talking about Quasar. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Eventually, uh, Hyperion goes up to Quasar, asks, hey, where are we? Quasar gives the obvious answer, uh, Earth. And, you know, the whole thing about, you know, which Earth? Oh, it's 616, etc. And then we're treated to a flashback as to just why the squadron were in space to begin with and then makari shows up because eon had paged him more or less and then you know between quasar and dr spectrum they take the squadron ship to 
Wendell's favorite place in the universe, Project Pegasus. Because nothing bad ever happens there. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah super safe. <laughs> I, I do. I do want to stop for a second and point out. I like the fact. I know we're bagging on the issue a little bit, justifiably, but I do like the fact that Grunewald is is following his own sort of internal continuity because you know he wrote the Squadron Supreme miniseries where they take over their own Earth, and then he wrote the follow up graphic novel, which is what that big panel is referring to, where. You know, Nth Man comes and tries to destroy their universe, and they defeat him. And actually, at the end of that graphic novel, they're they're like banished. They don't you don't know where they are. So I did like the fact that he picks up on that. Like he's like you know he doesn't let his own story go. He kind of follows it out. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And I like Macari's uh, line when Quasar introduces them as the X Squadron, Squadron Supreme. He says, "Just what this world needs: another X group." <laughs> Yeah, and, and so I haven't – I don't know that I ever read that series. Why are they the X – EX Squadron Supreme? Why aren't they just calling themselves the Squadron Supreme? This is this was super annoying, by the way, because they, they are just the Squadron Supreme. I think this is Grunewald's version of a, like a running gag. Like because they say, oh, we're the X Squadron Supreme, kind of implying like we were this thing, we're not anymore – and and because of the Earth we're on, Quasar assumes they're like an X team. I think it's just Grunewald's attempt at a joke. But by like the third time they say it, I was ready to just like pulp the issue. I was, it was pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole idea being that oh well, they had taken over their Earth, therefore they weren't worthy of the name Squadron Supreme anymore. So come up with a new damn name already. Like call yourselves the Exiles if you're tied to this X thing, you know? But. Whatever. Because there's another property called Exiles, which is awesome. Yeah, but that wasn't in 1990. Oh, that's true. That's true. Sean, did you ever read The Exiles? I loved that book. Yeah. I want so badly to do a podcast on that book. So that might be something we need to talk about. It, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it, man. I loved – and I'm not like a big Judd Winnick fan it, you know, in, in a lot of the comics, though Under the Red Hood's a great movie. But that book was so good. Yeah, I loved it. I, I actually reread it not long ago. It had some sweet Mike McCone art too. It was great. So anyway, during their flight, Elmer Fudd puts on a leopard skin – oh, wait. No, that's the bomb <laughs> Um During their flight, a homeless man is struck by a huge headache and screams, they're here. A passerby asks if he's all right, and the man replies that he hasn't felt this much himself in years. More on that later. At Project Pegasus, Dr. Wilburn is showing Quasar, Macari, and the Squadron to the Compound Dome, which has been empty since all of the prisoners have been moved to the vault. Quasar heads out to his office, but Macari decides to stay and discuss something with Hyperion, who apparently he's been staring at constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all this is all seed and stuff for later on, guys, so not a whole lot getting resolved <laughs> at the moment. Did yeah, this is you... a whole... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Did any of you in that panel where Quasar's talking to Power Princess, the way Manly draws it, it, it looks like he's implying there's like some attraction there or or I know the dialogue doesn't really reveal it but it, it seems to me like maybe there's supposed to be a little something there but I don't know if, it, if it's just the way he drew it or if you know I, I mean I hate to say this but Wendell strikes me as the kind of guy who wouldn't known he would you know was being hit on you know in a woman's prison like he just doesn't <laughs> seem like he would pick up cues but that, am I the only one who read that as a moment like where they were maybe trying to imply something 
I read it the same exact way, but the dialogue does nothing for that, and then yeah. he just fucking leaves. But like you said, Wendell's the kind of guy that would have an opportunity and misread the situation and then just go home to play with his Legos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with, with the, the emphasis that Power Princess puts on. You know, thank you for all of your help, Quasar. You know, it's it's like she's trying to pull him into something, and he's just like, uh, girl, bye. <laughs> he's like maybe i should ask eon about this yeah i just i doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't pick up on cues i i do think it's there though i think manly was trying something and and yeah wendell just flies away yeah so back in new york we are... reminds me of middle school dances all over again yeah i i never outgrew that though man i still though if i hadn't met my wife in college and and married her, I would still, my life would still be a middle school dance. <laughs> I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd oh, still yeah, be I'm, in the corner of any room. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. If, if she had not made the first move, mm-hmm. blatantly made the first move, I, yeah, I, I'd just be all by myself now playing with my Legos. Listen, as a divorced man in his 40s, let me tell you, you ever watch uh, that um, uh, that roadside pickers show where they uh, go around <laughs> to these old men who have, all of this shit stacked up in the front yard and in barns. I have to struggle every day to not become one of those men. You can just go on hoardersmeet.com. Like, I think that's a, a good dating site for, you know. Hoardersmeet.com. If it's not, I'm going to register that tonight and start my own dating profile. Your, your profile pick is which pile is most dangerously close to causing your death. Like, that's right. actually, that, that's your, that's the hottest profile pick. And you know what? That's really a good metaphor for dating as an adult because it's kind of like, all right, it's all garbage. Every single one of these garbage. <laughs> But which piece of garbage do I find most appealing? Yeah, yeah. Like, do I want do I want the like the the, the skyscraper of pizza boxes, <laughs> or am I looking at the tin can collection? Like, which has an appeal to me? I, I imagine dating in your forties is like going through a discount bin. You're like, am I going to go out with uh, you know Chuck Norris and the Creature Commandos tonight, or am I going to go out with Muppet Baby? Like, I can just imagine like you're just picking through the dregs. Yeah. We did this on the Bad Advice Show, and the short, short version is this. Let's say, let's say that everyone that you're, if you if you have gotten to this age and have never had a long-term relationship, marriage or otherwise, there's usually something wrong with you. Just something is wrong with that individual that didn't have that long-term relationship. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean there's something, something went wrong in the process, you know, um, and then if you went through a divorce, well, there's a chance that you were the problem. Like you were the person that was problematic in that relationship and caused that it caused the relationship to to go under. And let's say you weren't the one that was a problem in that relationship. Did that whole relation that relationship ending debacle, the, the divorce nonsense turn you into a problem because you were okay before but that trauma turned you into a a problem like there are more problems at this age than there are not problems did i go too deep was that too much 
Well, no, no, I was I was just waiting for you to then mention Eon because I thought you were going into Wendell for a minute. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was a good Quasar monologue, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to date as an adult. And, you know, like Marvel, he got cancer, but I'm sad. <laughs> so anyway. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to wrap up with that, but you'd like to be like, you know, and it's hard to meet a woman. And, and basically the lucky guys are dead. <laughs> <laughs> the lucky guys are dead. You're lucky. <laughs> so back at Four Freedoms Plaza, Vaughn Securities is jumping with all the new work that Ms. Steckley has brought in. Wendell tries to get in touch with Reed Richards as Wendell Vaughn. I don't know where he was going to go with that since he's going to mm-hmm. ask about the Squadron Supreme. But anyway, uh, but Reed isn't in. Wendell then asks Eon about Dr. Vaughn, his father, to try and work out an apology. But Eon is typically cryptic and just says that he's seen him. He, he killed said, him, right? Uh, he, he didn't He didn't kill him. He uh, The last issue... Gilbert Vaughn had a stroke that killed him, but Eon came, uh, at the end of the issue, came upon his 12-and-a-half-hour-old dead body and said, "Ah, I've got to do something about this. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I I couldn't remember. I knew something had happened to his dad, and I was like, did Eon, like, like mess with his corpse or I, I just couldn't remember what crime he had committed against his father, but I knew something had happened. Yeah. I think, it, I think I would come under desecrating a corpse. Yes. Yeah. That gets revealed later. Yeah. Uh, so during all this, we cut to a junkyard where the homeless man from before is now flying over the fence. He uses some type of energy power to uncover a spaceship and is very, very happy about it. Yeah. Look at that. That bulge in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, and homeless people in the Marvel Universe are dangerous, man. I hope I gave that motherfucker a quarter because he might have fried me if I just yeah. walked by him. Like, like that is a scary place to live. <laughs> yeah, I half expected Johnny Torch to burn the beard off of him and reveal the Submariner. <laughs> <laughs> you think Johnny just goes around to homeless shelters doing that? <laughs> like, let's see who you really are. Oh, shit. Sorry, sir. Let's see who you really are. Sorry, ma'am. Like, you think he, he just goes around burning people's facial hair? He really is an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I could totally see it. Well, it, I mean, he doesn't have a, a, a real job, so he's going to barber college. He needs someone to practice on. <laughs> So we, we go back to Vaughn Securities while Wendell calls Dr. Wilburn and tries to speak with the squadron, but none of them are around. So three hours... He takes a nap! <laughs> yeah. I, I can't get a hold of the extra-dimensional aliens that just landed on my planet. I'm a little bit sleepy. Let me take a nappy nap. Well, no. No, he actually works for three hours. He claims to work for three hours. But he... It's more than he does yeah. normally. <laughs> normally. It's the it's... 90s. It's the 90s. He's got Minesweeper on that computer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think we need to look at the litany of bad choices he makes in this issue, though, because he meets the squadron and immediately takes them to the very volatile and dangerous Project Pegasus and then leaves without any real way to contact them. Mm. He goes back to his job, and they're like, hey, we have these five clients that need your attention. And he's like, oh, I'll be in the closet. And then he... <laughs> And then while is that he's euphemism? in his, I, I, you know what I, I while he, well while he's in his closet this is and this is my second favorite part after the you're lucky you got cancer Marvel 
He's trying to figure out who he can contact about the squadron who are from another dimension. And he's like, well, let's see who else. Let me think outside of the box. Maybe Doctor Strange, maybe. And I'm like, there's a fucking alien in your closet. Like, how do you not go to him first? Like, how do you not think? And then he goes, oh, hey, Eon might know. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand the way he works at all. Like, like he, uh, it, it's just his, his thought process, his decision making is highly questionable. Yeah. And and keep in mind that after he asks Eon, Eon says, shoots him down, basically saying, hey, I, I can't go into another gang's territory. Uh, yeah, but what the fuck does that have to do with yeah. anything? You're putting them back in their own universe. It's not like he's going in. He's I, just opening a door. Yeah. But then he says, oh, by the way, Quasar, there's this disturbance in your area, <laughs> which, yeah, feel free to ignore for m- multiple hours. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and take a nap, Quasar, because yeah. you know, you know, you, you need some self care. <laughs> right, a little bit of self love. I do this to honor myself and my ancestors. The the one time Eon actually warns him, gives him information without being asked, and he ignores it. <laughs> you know, I, I like when Eon tells him, Quasar, you're the first quantum band user to use them for aromatherapy. Like I just like, <laughs> like he, he's. He, Finding new and creative ways to suck. It's very holistic. <laughs> I never thought of sticking incense into one of those jewels before. <laughs> so <You're> any... <laughs> Some next-level shit right there. <laughs> so, At least he has the same color headband on throughout the entire issue. No, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, he doesn't? <laughs> look, well, so look, far he does. Look at the bottom of page 24. He's bottom of page. Oh, it's blue. oh, red and blue. Yep. <laughs> now, at least before you could kind of, he was traveling in between, so maybe he pulled the other one out of his pocket because it was getting sweaty. This it's one panel to the next, so six seconds later, it's a different color, and then the next page, it's back to red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Janice, you're falling down the job. <laughs> well, he's flying very quickly towards the camera so maybe it's blue shifting no no that's probably not mm-hmm. it that's i i tried i'm trying <laughs> trying i don't see you guys putting any balls up i i think it's i don't think it's a mistake i think it's quasar i think he like shifts the color of stuff as he's flying just to entertain himself <laughs> it's, it's another relaxation technique that's right well that one's been soaked in lavender <laughs> oh there you go see exactly <laughs> it was blessed by his shaman, and so it really it's got extra special meaning for him. <laughs> well, this this was the August issue. Maybe it was soaked in pumpkin spice. Oh, there you go. He he does seem like the kind that would be would like pumpkin spice anything. So he's as as we said, he uh, lays down for a nappy nap and <laughs> gets alerted by his quantum bands that hey, the other thing Eon told you about. Well, it's still there. Let's get going. So he flies out to investigate and realizes that there's a flying saucer, and it's trying to mind control him. So actually, having learned from his mistake, he sets up a a jamming device on his head, and as he gets closer, the shape and haywire from the squadron exit the ship and attack him. That is a really weird drawing. Like, I'm not alone in that, right? Like, that is a very weird depiction of those two characters. Well, what, the Hank gliding one? Yeah, I just, it, it, 
I, I, like this, this may be too far, so you can cut this if you want. It looks like the Martian Manhunter is Western Grip styling Hawkeye. Like I can't even, like <laughs> I, I can't, like I, I saw the, I saw the image and I was like, what is happening in that scene? It's just really weirdly drawn. Like, yeah, sorry, so I, that may have been a, a, a fridge too far, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more turned on. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's effectively he's, he's leggings away from being a New Jersey girl. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Well, he's if got he the had pattern on, already. Yeah, and he's got the hair for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, the, these are two of the weirder characters. Yeah, written, you know, but we have a a face off between Haywire trying to wrap Quasar in cables and Quasar putting them both in bubbles, and then eventually he manages to knock Haywire silly, causing the cables to go away. So what, Haywire's power is to create cables out of nothing? Apparently, and then if yeah. he gets knocked out, they, they, they disappear. Yeah. It's a great character. Yeah. I like Quasar's headset. He looks like he's uh, taking orders for Time Life books or maybe trying to get you to school MCI to sprint. Hi, I, I'm Wendell. I and other operators are standing by to take your order. I feel like he's just multitasking. Like, he doesn't work at work, so while he's being Quasar, he's selling Amway. Like, it's just it's just a side project for him. He's really, he's really, he's just multitasking. Yeah, Haywire's power is really weird. I'm like, I, I, it's, is it supposed to be like Spider-Man webbing? Is it actual wire? Like, that's just bizarre too. Like, is his power to kill you with HDMI cables? Like, well, that's I don't exactly understand. right. Well, you know, this is the 90s, so HDMI hadn't, so this has got to be like AV cables. Oh God. Yeah. You know, one of them's yellow, one of them's red, one of them's white. <laughs> and he's wearing this green costume with like lots of squiggly lines on it because, you know, wires ah ah <laughs> is his battle cry male to female like i just like i don't know i don't understand him as a character at all i don't Listen, understand you him. can't look, talking about going too far you can't say male to female anymore like it's normal oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> he's got like 52 different types of wire connections and they're all beautiful just as the good lord made them <laughs> If I if I shout coaxial in a crowd, is somebody going to throw something in my face? <laughs> somebody's definitely going to be triggered. Somebody's definitely uh, going to be triggered. <laughs> Love wins! So, anyway, uh, Quasar creates a platform for the two to land on, so they don't go splat on the pavement, and finds out that they are basically a distraction. They've been mind-controlled, and now the ship has entered hyperspace, and Quasar can't track it. I think Haywire has a perm. Really? It looks like it. Look at that panel. And oh, yeah. That's total. some Ogilvy shit. That's some home perm. That's some six ninety nine home perm. That's looking pretty good. Yeah, paid bottom of 29 Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. totally. The joke I want to make, which is not going to play, but I'm going to say it anyway, is it kind of looks like Kyle from South Park grew up and put on a superhero costume. <laughs> <laughs> That orange afro he's got. <laughs> that works on multiple levels, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than just a pretty face. I have to be. <laughs> so, so Quasar decides to take the pair back to Project Pegasus. At the project, Makari and Hyperion tell Quasar that the rest of the squadron are missing. Then, when 
Hyperion, now without his glasses on, hmm, what were they doing? <laughs> talks to Haywire and realizes that he's mind controlled by the master, Doctor Who's involved, and he then turns to Quasar, who, remember, his team had attacked previously, and begs him for help. At which point Quasar, in his red headband, just so you, just to keep track, <laughs> says, I was afraid you'd say that. And we are on to be continued, since this is obviously part one of, what I said, it went to issue 16, so part one of five. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird ending point. I'll be honest with you. I when I when I got to the end of the issue, I flipped back to the cover because I was like, no, this can't actually be part one of this journey to mystery. Like like that, he wouldn't surely he wouldn't end it on that like much of a kind of whimpering note. Especially because I, I you know I actually like this little arc. Like I like where it goes. It goes from really creative places and you know especially you know you guys will get to this in you know a couple episodes. But like when he gets to the the stranger ship. Grunewald does something really cool where he wraps up a ton of like loose hanging continuity threads. I mean, if you, if you go through the characters that Quasar encounters, they're all characters who've been off the board for a while and, and write, people have been writing in saying like, Hey, where's Rocket Raccoon? You know, where's Jack of Hearts? And Grunewald solves it really elegantly, but you would never know from the first issue that this is going to be a fun little arc because the first issue is just shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for. I don't, I don't even know what di- a nice way to put it, but no, I think that's pretty, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty on point. <laughs> so uh, as of last issue, <laughs> we have instituted a uh, one to five rating system for these. Oh, that's right. We did. So Sean, <laughs> as the guest, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, one being uh, throw it across the room into the trash can. Five being, you know, get it slabbed and stick it on the wall. Uh, how, how would you rate this issue? Can I give it an ellipses? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that an acceptable? No, no, you totally have to give it a period. Because I'm angry. Period. <laughs> I'd give it a period, but that's too much. Too <laughs> much. Just, I, don't, I don't want to have that much negativity in my life. Uh, I, look, I, it's, you, you know, I, uh, the, one of the things I love about your show is the, that, that thesis that he's the Kevin Bacon of the Marvel Universe. Because honestly, before you guys said it, I never thought about it. And, and I, so... If that's one of the pieces of criteria, then the issue is somewhat successful because he crosses over with the you know the Squadron Supreme. The, the homeless guy is the Overmind, and he was like a member of the Defenders for a little bit, and so we we get on a, like a little bit of a continuity dip. So that's one thing that works. But I would say the rest of it, I just it's so padded. I mean, the two fights with the Squadron are ridiculous and pointless. I mean, pointless to the fact where even the people involved in it are like, yeah, this is stupid. Um, it doesn't Star really, dude. yeah, it doesn't Star really move the plot. I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I would give it, sorry, what was the scale again? It was one to five? One to five, yeah. Okay, so five being the best. I'd, I'd give it like, I'd give it a two. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's serviceable, but it's definitely the least memorable of the, of the arc, you know. And actually, I, in my opinion, moving from this this arc forward, the book really picks up speed, and so I would say this is a a, a little bit of a lull before the high. Yeah, I I'd have to agree with you. This we we rated issue twelve as a as a two, and this is, it's pretty much on par with that. I mean, the 
issue 12 didn't really go anywhere. It didn't it was a contained story. It didn't even set up anything, but it had some redeeming qualities. This as far as a story issue goes is worse. But <laughs> it does set up stuff. It the squadron's going to be around for a while. It sets up Quasar going out into space. Uh, it it's getting it's getting things rolling. So that's that's what brings it back up to a two, in my opinion. Adam, what do you think? Oh man, like I really want to give it a one half, <laughs> but I like, give it a, makes... I give it a point zero five. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of want to do that. Like I can't give it a one. Like I can't. I, I've read some one one rated comics, and this is. It's not a one, but it's damn close. You both make some very, very strong points that I, I do absolutely agree with. Um, I love – in fact, I was the only person I know I knew of that was reading and really digging Guardians of the Galaxy when they were reintroduced with Star-Lord being the leader. And uh, they had Mantis, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, um, and Lovebug. Uh, they were all, <laughs> yeah, all reintroduced in a Thanos comic, uh, a short run, you know, a couple year Thanos yeah. comic. And it was fucking awesome. And then that led into the Annihilation Wave. And then that led into, uh, the, where Ultron and, uh, the Space Knights conquered the Kree Empire. And it was just, every time you thought that that arc um, that 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 series had hit had jumped the shark. They take this right hand turn that makes it very interesting, very readable, very like oh I can't wait to see what happens next. Now why do I bring that up? I bring that up is because the author of that series took all these not even B characters, these C list D list characters that hadn't been seen for decades and t- took them off of Earth. So that they couldn't muck up with those storylines and created this really interesting, they breathed new life into these characters. And so what I, what I like about this that Sean touched on is we're seeing all of these characters that could have just been archived given something to do. And I like that. I, I like that for its own, um, you know, self masturbatory uh, nerd factor. So uh, I'm going to give it a two, but begrudgingly I'm going to give it a two. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this issue. Uh, We'll see what happens in issue 14. I'm pretty sure it's going to get better (laughs) because it can't get much worse. (laughs) Are you co-opting the uh, LGBT uh, it gets better slogan for Quasar? Is that what you're doing there, Gene? I'm not the one that say went into a closet. Uh, <laughs> well, I do want to point, point out though. Fair we point. Have, fair point. We have Jim Lee. We have Jim Lee on covers on 13. We've got Todd McFarlane on 14. Mike Bignola on 15, and Steve Lytle on 16. I mean, this is like Mark Grunewald. I think is is he, he he's it's a murderer's row of cover artists. So like, it is going to get better, and you know the 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 story gets better too. But I think it's really funny that Mark Grunewald is completely abusing his power as an editor to, <laughs> to, to take these stable of young artists. In fact, half these guys leave for Image, so maybe it's Mark Grunewald's fault. Maybe the founding of Image <laughs> is because Mark Grunewald have inflicted Quasar upon these young, impressionable artists. <laughs> uh, well, it it is Quasar's first multi-part story, so 
I, I can see him wanting to bring in the cover artist to draw attention to it, because it's still early in the run, so... You know, I, I have no idea what the sales numbers on this were, really. But, you know, it, it was his pet project, and he was... <laughs> he was, like you said, probably abusing his power to get it done. So, like I said, that brings an end to our coverage of this issue. Sean, for all the listeners out there that have not been blessed by listening to your shows before, <laughs> where can they find you? Blessed is a strong word. Well, I'm, I'm being nice for someone who is willingly going through Secret Wars 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I co-host a show called Secret Wars and Beyond, which covers every issue of every Marvel superhero Secret Wars miniseries. And uh, we covered Volume 1, which is really much beloved, and we are now in the heart of Volume 2, which is much less loved. In fact, this issue of Quasar was a like a beautiful respite from covering Secret Wars. Like even though this was a two, I mean, I felt like I was, you know, I, this was this was heaven compared to what I've been covering lately. Uh, but we're covering Secret Wars two right now, and, and even though the issues are are awful, they're beautifully awful, and we're having a blast doing it. And I think the show's a lot of fun. And then it will eventually get to Secret Wars Volume three. Uh, and then I'm also a co-host of the Nerdy Dabs podcast, where we talk about pop culture we loved as kids and devise how to inflict it upon our unsuspecting children. Nice. And I actually am really happy to hear about this Secret Wars because I have the five-inch thick Secret Wars 2 omnibus that collects every oh, single episode. Oh. And wow. Yeah, and I've it's sitting on – and Gene can attest to this. It's mm. sitting on a shelf in my den, and I'm maybe a quarter of the way through it because – it's just so hard to read, but if oh I've got a show where I can read along as you guys talk about it, then that might give me uh, the the oomph to actually put myself through absorbing this material. It, the, the thing that our pitch to people to get them to listen is it's it's like going to a circus. If you want to see two grown men just break down and like completely crumble, if you really enjoy watching slow car wrecks, then listen to our show because that is exactly what covering Secret Wars Two is like. It is just it just keeps coming and coming. But I, I can't believe you own that omnibus, man. That is um that uh, that's a wicked five. I mean to, to you know quote a friend of mine, that's a wicked five inches. I that's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that your wife? Yeah, I said friend to cover that up, man. You didn't okay, have to. You didn't have to. You didn't have to reveal the source of that. <laughs> that's what I do here. That's what I do. It's no bullshit. Yeah, well, that's what happens when again you're a single man in your 40s with a little <laughs> bit of money. You buy shit like that because what else am I going to do? <laughs> so, so actually, you did a good job because you actually that, that was your your lucky you have cancer moment. That was <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you're lucky because because I. Because I have the sads. I'm gonna get on Facebook and just type up thoughts and prayers, uh, and then maybe change my Facebook profile so I've got like a little thoughts and prayers uh, uh, frame around it. You should just you should post a picture of the Secret Wars Two omnibus, but in all red, and like just like, uh, just uh, <laughs> that's right. And you know, with me with a single tear going down my eye, my cheek. <laughs> So uh, that's where we can find Sean. Adam, how about yourself? What are you working on recently? Uh, so the Bad Advice show is on hiatus for the summer. Uh, we just put out the 50th episode, which was very good. Some of the episodes just previous to that sucked ass, but you know <laughs> what? 
They can't all be gems. As I said on the last show, you know, what do you want? If if I'm not getting paid for it, if no one else is getting paid for it, you don't have to shell out any money to listen. If I can bat six or seven hundred on on the funny, really, what else do you want from it? Nothing much. Oh, oh, yeah, right. I'm sorry. The other thing is uh, for the for whom the dice roll podcast. Tom Stanley runs that, and I'm a player. In, in that fifth edition D and D podcast. And we also produce very sporadic works. So if you've got nothing else better to do, you can listen to that and complain. <laughs> now it, it's, it's worth it for some of the inventive uses of spells. And I use that, that term, you know, very liberally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you can find me here. You can find me at the thehammerstrikes.com every Thursday, where I post new geeky stuff. Uh, other podcasting endeavors are kind of on hold until I figure out what life's gonna throw at me next. But I think that's gonna wrap it up this time. Uh, we'll see you next time, everyone. Yay! Thank you for listening to the Quantum Cast, your source for all things Quasar. You can find us on the web at quantumbands.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google Plus under Quantum Bands. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please email us at quantum.bands at yahoo.com. Part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.